is coast. Concentration, observation, anticipation, space, and time. The speaker, a woman in her fifties, with short hair and keen-looking spectacles, beams around the room. DCI Harry Nelson in the back row stares back, stony-faced. In his head, he works on another acronym: crap, outrageous, abysmal. You might be saying to yourself," says the woman, "Why am I wasting a morning at a speed awareness course? The answer is because it can save lives." She looks at them solemnly, glasses glinting. The man next to Nelson, who earlier introduced himself as a minicab driver called Steve, is apparently asleep. Nelson gave his name simply as Harry, and didn't vouchsafe an occupation. The woman writes her name, Bev Flinders, in insultingly large letters on the whiteboard. She says that she is a driving instructor. Definitely not a policewoman. Some of the more unctuous class members laugh. So why do we have speed limits at all? Bev's voice drones on. The room. A prefab in the station car park is too warm and smells of instant coffee. Unlike Steve, now snoring gently, Nelson doesn't feel tempted to sleep. He's too busy brooding on his wrongs. He shouldn't be here at all. He should be out solving crimes, maybe speeding slightly in the process. But you can't catch criminals keeping to the thirty mile an hour speed limit, can you? But his boss has ordered him to attend this course along with Steve, two HGV drivers, and a clutch of women who seem to view it as a pleasant morning out. Yes, not content with giving him a tangled love life and a stressful working life, God has now delivered the biggest blow of all. Nelson has a woman boss. Ruth has no time for such introspection. She is currently delving deep, not into her own life, but into the ground below Norwich. She is in a cellar below the Guildhall, a square, crenellated building that stands like a little castle in the heart of the city. The Guildhall is now council offices, but it has, in its past, been a toll house, a court, and a prison. The most dangerous prisoners were kept here, in underground cells. The Undercroft, this lower region is called, and plans are afoot to develop it as an exhibition space and even a restaurant. This part is quite pleasant. The walls are stone, and there are some rather attractive vaulted pillars. But Ruth knows that things are about to get worse. She is going to have to go lower still, into a tunnel that has previously been closed off. Ted, from the field archaeology team. Has removed the planks covering the tunnel entrance, and is looking at her expectantly. Ruth knows that as the head of forensic archaeology, she should go first. But the problem is that she has never been that keen on small enclosed spaces. After you, Ted grins, showing piratical gold teeth. Perhaps it would be better if I followed you. You've got the torch. Ted looks as if he knows what she's thinking. 
but, to his credit, he doesn't just hand her the torch, but ducks his head and enters the tunnel. Ruth follows, taking care to keep close to Ted's high-vis tabard. The tunnel leads downwards, and the plastered walls give way to chalk, the floor moving quickly from brick to rubble that crunches underfoot. Ted's torch picks out a well-crafted roof, lined with brick and flint. Probably an old chalk mine, he says, his voice echoing slightly. Lots of chalk mines in Norwich. Ruth puts her hand on the wall. It's unpleasantly moist to the touch, as if it's sweating. There's a tunnel from the castle to the Guildhall, says Ruth. She doesn't want to speak much, as she has the idea that she has only so much breath to spare. She is unpleasantly conscious of all that stone.